Welcome to GeoThoughts. I'm Drew Bush. So makerspaces, um, there's a lot of different terms that have sort of been in the same sphere as makerspaces, uh, ranging from hackerspaces to hack labs to fab labs to even some shared studio spaces are less formal, um, all kind of have been put underneath the umbrella term of a makerspace. And a makerspace basically is a, a place where people come together and use commonly owned tools. That's McGill University undergraduate Jordan Bowden on his unique year-long honors thesis project investigating how governance works in 10 different Toronto makerspaces. He's a longtime participant in the work being done in makerspaces. He also recently completed his thesis for GeoThink head Renee Sieber, Associate Professor McGill University's Department of Geography and School of Environment. They can be for-profit, they can be non-profit, they can be run by a group of individuals or by larger institutions like universities or libraries. And uh, so in, in my research I found that there's a, a huge variance of um, the practices between spaces that were that were using this term, um, especially in Toronto, which is where my research was focused, there was uh, there was just a huge variety of makerspaces. I studied about ten makerspaces um, in my research, and some of them were run just groups of artists who are using commonly owned tools. Others were run by the local library um, and really focused on sort of entrepreneurship and that sort of thing. Still confused about how to define a makerspace. You might not be alone, as the concept has varied and evolved as it has spread globally. So yeah, I mean, the, the term itself has only really emerged over the past four to five years, I'd say. Um, and before then, uh, like, hackerspaces and hack labs have, like, that term itself has a much longer history, stretching all the way back to the 1990s. The main distinction there is that hack labs and hackerspaces are often focused more on computers, whereas makerspaces can be focused really on any sort of production, um, be it computers or woodworking or metalworking and that sort of thing. Bowden says that the question of how such spaces are governed in Canada is an entirely new one, and he adds that it's crucial. What maker spaces can actually do is greatly affected by how they are run. Within each makerspace, some makerspaces have a uh, sort of um, formal committees wherein makers are actually involved in the running of the space in every aspect, uh, whereas others are pretty much governed by a handful of people, be they like a single executive director in a nonprofit organization or like a set of actors in, um, in a for-profit uh, for-profit makerspace. So it's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. Um, my papers covers a lot of different examples of this, but... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different actors involved. The project took Bowden a great deal of time to research, conduct field work for, and then write about in the fall and winter of this academic year. I've been working on it basically since last summer. I did field research in Toronto over August of last year, uh, where I conducted um, 10 different interviews. I used nine of them in my research, and I also did observation at different makerspaces around the city and went to maker-related events and did observation there as well. Not every hypothesis that Bowden hoped to explore panned out in the Canadian context of Toronto. I thought there would be governmental actors involved, but I really found, I kept on trying to snowball and finding more people to interview, but it, 
people kept on saying this to people I'd already interviewed. So it was like, oh, who else should I interview? And yeah. I'd get the same answers from multiple people. So I realized the scene was pretty small. So instead, I did more in-depth interviews. Um, they were each about 30, 30 minutes to an hour long each. This work led Bowden to author a 63-page honors thesis entitled Governance of Makerspaces in Toronto, Canada. Find this paper at the McGill University Library soon. GeoThoughts are brought to you by geothink.ca and generous funding from Canada's Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council.